Hey everyone, this is Anthony Fleming, Senior Pastor of Church Alive, praying that this message is fresh, real, and powerful in your mind, your heart, your family, every part of your life. If you enjoy these messages, subscribe to it, share it with a friend to build their faith. God bless you as you lean in to the power and presence of God's Word. And how good was the presence of God? Come on, why don't we close our eyes? Every person watching online, every person in this auditorium right now, Father, we do need your touch right now. We always do. Thank you for making us aware of it. Holy Spirit, I invite you as the honoured guest. You know every need. You are not surprised by anything. And you love all the more. Be our shepherd in this place. Shepherd people. Speak to them where they need it. Put a fresh oil on their mind and on their heart. Put a strength in their spirit. Spirit of the living God, heal someone's body in this place. Restore a marriage. Give vision. Pour out fire. Break addictions. Do what only you can do. Clothe your people in the armor of God. Let rivers of living water flow, I pray, in this place. Oh, let there be an unlocking of the rivers of heaven in this place. What perhaps was a dry, the Northeast is known as being dry, God, but I thank you for a river flowing. I thank you for rivers flowing. Not a, not a trickle, not a stream, oh God but rivers flowing out of your people of love and wisdom and grace, Lord, of power and healing of marriages and homes and business and government, God. God, ruling and reigning according to your grace, I pray. I declare the blessing of God over this place, over every man and every woman. I thank you, you're here. Thank you, Revival's here. I thank you, a freedom is here. I thank you, hope is here. Thank you, Lord. pray with me. Say, Jesus, speak to my heart. Change my life. Align my mind and my spirit with your kingdom, with your will. Bless my family, but bless me and bless through me. Wherever I go, and I declare today, by faith, that I can, that I will become all you desire. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for your house. Strengthen it. Strengthen me. 
Help me be strong and bring strength wherever I go. In the mighty name of Jesus. And the church alive said, Amen. Come on, can we honor Jesus in this place? Just honor His presence for a moment. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hey, you can grab your seat as you're going down. You can tell your neighbor you look good, you smell good, and you sound amazing. I'm as surprised as you I'm speaking at Resilient Woman. I'm used to preaching to testosterone-filled rooms. Would you men pray for me as the estrogen will be flowing and I think emotions will be flowing and I'm, it's going to smell good. It's definitely going to smell better than rooms I've preached to. And if you haven't signed up, sign up today. Uh, by the end of today, I think there'll be over 600 women signed up. Praise God. Let's go. Genesis 28 verse 10. It's a bit of a longer passage of Scripture, but hang with me and you'll do fine, okay? Genesis 28 verse 10. Jacob left Beersheba and he went toward Haran and he came to a certain place. Someone say a certain place. And he stayed there that night because the sun had set and taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place to sleep. Someone say comfortable. And he dreamed and behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth and the top of it reached to heaven and behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you, someone say in you, in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place. Someone say this place. And I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. So early in the morning, Jacob took the stone that he had put under his head and he set it up for a pillar and poured oil on top of it. And he called the name of that place. Bethel. Someone say Bethel. Well, we've been a series in our church and we are in week five. Week five of This Is Our Faith. And we've talked about the essence and the wonder of Jesus, not the Reader's Digest version of Jesus, not what, what uh, uh, influencers say, not what te television says, but what the Word of God says about who Jesus is. And we've been building upon that simple foundation of who is Christ. Last week, we began to talk about what do Christians believe about the Bible and what have they believed about the Bible for 2,000 years. And if you didn't hear that message, go back and hear it on a podcast or YouTube, however it is that you find it. But I wanna preach to you about this message today. We are the church. Someone say that with me. We are the church. 
Now, how many of you ever been to McDonald's drive-through? All of us, haven't we? We've all been there, haven't we? That was my first job, McDonald's. 14, nine months, you could get a job in Australia. And my mum and dad were like, you should do that. Tired of paying for you. Go get a job, you know. And I had my first job at McDonald's. And I remember when I was like 10 years old, um, I was 10 and there was this promotion at McDonald's at the time. And at the time, if you went up to them and could tell them the ingredients of a Big Mac, they would give you a free soda. As a 10-year-old kid, I was like, that's a deal. I get free soda. So I was practicing the ingredients and saying it nice and fast. Two old beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, on a sesame seed, bun. Boom, they're like, here, free soda. I'm like, yes, and I've been addicted to soda ever since. <laughs> you know I'm lying on that one. Isn't it funny when you change your diet though? I, I go past McDonald's and I see a line there and I literally today, I'm like, wow, people still eat there. No judgment though, no judgment. <laughs> just maybe a little bit of judgment, just, just a little bit, just a little bit of judgment. Maybe you've been to Ruth's Chris. Yeah. A couple of people been here. Ruth's Chris, right? Imagine someone said to you, hey, we're going to pick up drive through go to Ruth's Chris. You're like, no, 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 you don't understand. You don't drive through Ruth's Chris. 500 degree plate, sizzling, hot. They're like, don't touch it. But you're tempted to touch it. And it's sizzling in front of you and the steak is delicious and you try to eat the steak pretty quick because you don't want the sizzle to stop. If someone said to you, come with me to Ruth's Chris and let's go drive through on it, you go, wait, you don't know the experience. You gotta not eat like breakfast and lunch. You gotta have your belly ready. You've got to have your belly singing. Why? Because it's about to be satisfied, isn't it? Yes, bring the asparagus. Yes, bring the, the mashed potato. Yes. Yes, I want those little shrimp. That might be better than the steak. I don't know. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. When you know the true experience of a place, you get ready for it. You don't eat too much before you go. You don't come late. You come early. When you have a wrong picture of the church, you will treat the church like it's McDonald's instead of Ruth Chris. Let me say that again. If you have the wrong picture, and we all have a picture, if you have the wrong picture of the church, you'll, you'll treat the house of God like it's McDonald's, but it ain't McDonald's. It's Ruth Chris. It sizzles. It's hot. It satisfies. It's good. It'll, it'll, it'll feed you and leave you happy. It'll bless your wife. It'll bless your kids. Am I preaching to anyone already? It'll bless your generation. It'll make you stronger, not weaker. It smells good. Have you ever noticed when the house of God is worshiping this? It's almost like there's an aroma. I came in this morning and as I walked up the stairs, one of the people who serve in our team was walking around with Febreze, just like this. And I walked on and I was like, you know, that's the house of God. It smells good. Even if you stink, 
it smells good. It makes you smell good. Eventually, if you keep hanging out long enough, your smell will go and good smells will come. You'll be like, people, you show up to work and you're like, like, you been Febrezed? (laughs) We jumped into a text of Scripture that gives us a prophetic picture of the house of God. Someone say, what is the church? Someone say, what is the house of God? Jacob gives us a clear picture. God is encountering Jacob. Jacob's life is not going well at this point. I love that Jacob's life is not going well at this point because I found that it doesn't matter how your life is going right now. God can take you on a journey and if you hang out long enough, God can take you from broken to blessed. Jacob is in a place of brokenness. He has just departed from his family. There is dysfunction and he has lied and deceived his way into a mess. And his brother Esau, who is far more manly than him, he's like a, he's like a, a chef and his brother is like, I don't know. Like if you, if you, if you can think of Hunting Magazine and the dude on the cover... That's Esau. If you think of someone who's just a bit softer, that's Jacob. But here's what's interesting. Jacob has ticked off his brother. He's deceived his brother. And now he's on a journey. And now he's lying down. And the Bible says the best he's got is a pillow, is a rock. He's in a bad place. Someone say a bad place. My wife and I many years ago were in Georgia and our flight was canceled and they're like, hey, you're gonna have to stay in a hotel. And we're like, no, we can't stay in a hotel. We gotta get back to church the next day. And it was Saturday night. They're like, don't worry, we're gonna get you there on time. And they put us up in a hotel and the foyer smelled like vomit. And my wife and I look at each other and go, eh, should we stay here? It was scary. It looked bad. It didn't look good. I think we literally didn't even open the covers and the sheets. We just, we just slept on the top. Held hands like... Let's try and make it through the night. That was the fear. We had to get up at four in the morning, fly back out. Um, But I've never slept on a rock. Jacob looks like he's homeless. Some say homeless. Some say poor. Some say broken. This is Jacob when we encounter him. And here's what's interesting. God is about to take him on an incredible journey. But let me give you five things that this text teaches us about the house of God. Number one, it is the ladder between heaven and earth. Someone say ladder. What does a ladder do? It gives you access to what you could never normally get to. A fire department will bring a ladder to rescue people. If you've got your, your gutters are blocked, you need a ladder. And you're like, you don't have a ladder. You need to find someone who has a ladder because a ladder gives you access to things and allows you to see what you normally cannot see. A ladder, it is literally, and, and heaven is telling us that the house of God is like this picture of perhaps a normal place, but it's not just a normal place. It is literally a ladder bringing us to heaven. It is a supernatural place, a place where blessings flow down and blessings flow up. The Bible says the angels of God are ascending and descending on it. And you're kind of like, what does that mean? They're they're bored in heaven, they've got nothing to do. They're just coming down these ladders and going up these ladders. No, they're sent on assignment from heaven. They are sent by God on assignment. They obey His Word. 
This is why it's so important to speak God's Word, not your problems. Because angels listen to your Word, but so do devils. And if you're always talking about your problems, they, the devils look at you and go, oh, look at him. He's talking about his problems again. He's going to stay in them. But angels, when you start speaking God's Word, they go to work on your words. And they listen to your words and they bring blessing to your life. It is the ladder between heaven and earth. Number two today, it is the place of the revealing of God's name. Jacob dreams and in the dream, he sees this incredible moment. And then God says this, I am the Lord. Someone say the Lord. Someone say I am. He says, I am the Lord. He says the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. This is why the Jews got so offended at Jesus when he says I am. In John 8, 58, he says to a bunch of religious men, he says, I am. Before Abraham was, I am. And when he says, I am, they go, wait, you're claiming to be God. And Jacob is having this beautiful divine revelation of who God is. And he says, I am the Lord. In Hebrew, that would be, I am Yahweh, the Elohim of your father, Abraham, and your father, Isaac. What I love about this text of Scripture, it shows me He is a generational God. God has been working your generation before you knew it. Before you were a twinkle in your daddy's eye, God has been watching your generation and He's looking for moments to encounter you. That's why we can't define who God is ourselves and make it up. We have to discover who God is in His Word. Otherwise, we are heading down a path of deception. But I want to lead you down a path of discovery. He says, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. And God reveals Himself to us through His names. Names are important for they reveal Nature. In Matthew chapter 1, the Bible says this in verse 20, Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Someone say dream. Notice the connection. Whenever the divine begins to happen in your life, you will actually start to see things differently. And sometimes even at night, you may even begin to dream heaven's dreams. Haven't you noticed that little children at four, five, and six often have fearful dreams? It tells me that we live in a world at war. That the enemy is always trying to invade their lives. But how many are thankful for the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus as parents that we get to plead the blood and say, God, your promise says you'll give dreams and visions in Acts 2. So let that be what you give to my children. And he says this, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit and she will bear a son and you shall call his name whatever you want to. Is that what it said? Oh, I have a different translation here. This is the 2022 translation. Huh, let me read the real one. Huh. For she will bore his son and you shall call his name what? Jesus. What is his name? Jesus. What is his name? Jesus. Is the Bible sorry his name is Jesus? It's not sorry, it doesn't apologize. It proclaims it from the rooftop. His name is G. 
Jesus. There's light in the name. There's power in the name. Sometimes as Christians in an American culture and a Christian culture, we can go, oh, you go to church and that's nice and there's friendly people and there's music and there's preaching. Oh, that's nice. Oh, it's nice. Sometimes I'll go, you know, I'll go, I'll go every once in a while. I'll go occasionally and we'll drive through and get a little blessing and French fries and cheeseburgers and Big Macs and thick shakes and, oh, and when I need it, oh, oh, I'll go. And you don't realize that there are many people living in many nations of the world that if you tell them Jesus and you tell the wrong person Jesus, you might be in prison or you might be dead. And we have forgotten that his name is precious. His name is precious. What is the Ten Commandments? You shall honor my name. You shall honor my name. Why do demons tremble in his name? You don't, you don't say Buddha when you're casting out a demon. When you have problems in your home, you don't say in the name of Church Alive. In the name of Joel Osteen. In the name of John McCullough. It doesn't matter what the preacher, it doesn't matter if you say my name, it doesn't matter if you say Pastor Fernando, it's in the name of Jesus. It's in His name. It is His name. Salvation is found in no one else. Acts 4.12, for there is no other name given unto men, the Bible says, for which we must be saved. It is the place of the revealing of God's name. Let me go a little further on this. God is a forgiving God. God is a healing God. Someone texted me yesterday. There was a baby, there was a lady in our church and she had conceived twins and the twins were having all kinds of problems and the doctor said they joined together as twins and they may not make it. It's not going, going to go well and even if they make it, there's massive complications of what is happening and I got to pray for this woman in our foyer and, and as they told me the story, I remember feeling quite heavy, like, my goodness, this is not good. And we prayed for her and they delivered the babies. And the doctor literally said, I made a mistake in my diagnosis. And they're interested, they're joined together, but they're not joined together the way they were or what they thought they were. They will be okay. They will be fine. He is a healing God. And just because you haven't received healing, don't bring that down. Don't bring God down to your experience. Bring your experience up to His truth. Does everyone get healed? No. Does everyone make it out of addictions? No. But let's keep preaching a Jesus who does heal, who does forgive, who does restore marriages, who does bring life and hope from the grave. In Jesus' name. Number three, it is the place of the revealing of God's covenants and blessings. Watch this now. The land on which you lie, I will give you and to your offspring. Someone say promise. Come on, say promise. The land on which I give you will be for your offspring. Verse 14. And your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you, someone say in you, you and your offspring shall be blessed and all the earth shall be blessed. Someone say blessing. Someone say promise. Someone say prophetic. 
It is both a promise. He says, I'm going to bless you. I'm, I'm giving you this land. He is a homeless man at this stage of the game. He's lying on a rock. And God says, I'm giving you this land. And it won't, just, it won't just be a little blessing. I'm literally gonna give you this nation and eventually that nation will literally bless the world. And how many of you know the Jewish people are one of the most blessed people in the world and it's almost indescribable how much wealth and influence they have for a small, tiny nation. They are the size of New Jersey and yet they seem to run much of the world. And God says to this man who's lying on a rock, I am giving you this land, but watch this now. And I will give you, someone say prophecy. The house of God is a house, not just of forgiveness. The house of God is a house of promise. And the house of God is a house of prophecy. You have to test prophecy, but prophecy is important. Paul told Timothy, by the prophecies you've received, you will wage the good warfare. I remember hearing Denzel Washington many, many years ago talk about a moment. He's at a barber shop and this woman looks at him. He's like, hey, son. I got a prophecy for you. He's like, he said, I'm a 1.4 GPA at the time, doing really well. And this woman who was an elder of the church said, you shall speak to millions. And he's a young man, failing college. And a prophecy came to his life that changed his life forever. When I was 19, the Lord spoke to my heart and He said, Preacher, I was praying on my bed in Lynchburg, Virginia. I remember the dormitory as dormitory 11 and I was on my knees and I was spending time with the Lord and the Lord said, Preacher, 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 Preacher. And I was kind of like, what in the world? As a 16 year old, I gave a speech in my high school and at the time I was giving the speech, I could see my cheeks shaking. How bad do your cheeks have to shake for you to see it? Because right now I can't see my cheeks. So they've got to be at least shaking enough for me to jump up a little bit. There they are. Why would he choose someone who's afraid to speak in front of people? And now say preacher. And then a number of months later, as I'd spent time with Jesus, I, I would be in worship and he would give me messages. I'd see myself preaching in front of people. And then one day I was at a revival night. It was a Saturday night. It was probably, I don't know, 90 college students. And I just feel, felt like the Lord kept putting on my heart, get up there and speak. I was like, no, no, no. I don't do that. I shake. I bake. I rattle. I roll. I know, a little corny. And I prayed this interesting prayer. I said, Lord, if that's really you, if that's really you talking to me, make it almost like I can't not speak. Within three minutes, I was sweating. And I had this unusual sense of I had to get up and speak, otherwise I was gonna explode. I got up and speak. And I was like, the Bible says. No, I didn't. I, I didn't do that. I was me. But what's strange was, I was bold. The house of God is a house of blessings. Someone say blessings. The house of God is a house of prophetic moments. Prophetic 
moments. Jacob's life has changed in one prophecy. A generation has changed because of one word from God. Sometimes God eventually gets you to speak what He's speaking before it happens. Our church was 60 people. We were not growing. And I felt like this one Sunday, the Lord told me, go tell them it's gonna be a thousand. When it's 60 people and you've been 60 for like a year and you're stuck in an Elks Lodge and one of our services had 17 and we've been going for years, it doesn't make sense to tell them it'll be a church of thousands. And I remember saying it, barely believing it. I said, church, we'll have thousands one day. And on the inside, I was like, will we? Will we? At our last 252 event for men on June, the weekend, it was an incredible moment. And we had well over 200 men there. And it was an incredible weekend. And I get up to kind of close the weekend. And I felt like the Lord said, what is there today? There's nothing compared to what it will be. What is there today will be nothing compared to what it must be, what it will be. Sometimes you're gonna prophesy a blessing when no one else sees it. The first day, Pastor Fernando reminded me of this in his talk. I, I remember the first service in, our, in this space. And the Holy Spirit whispered to his heart, this place is too small. And the first service, I ever preached, I told the church, this place is too small. And we just found out that we can knock over these buildings and these, not buildings, but this wall. Like what buildings are you knocking over, pastor? And that this sanctuary can become a 690 seat sanctuary. We just found out that. Micah 4, 7, I will transform. I will transform the battered into a company of the elite. Maybe you came in broken and not sure about faith, not sure about God. You're kind of like, come on, Pastor, you're one of those hype guys. You're a Tony Robbins guy. You're an Eric Thomas guy. You're a motivational speaker. I will transform the battered into a company of the elite. I will transform the battered into a company of the elite. I'll tra transform some marriages in this place, some people who are hopeless in this place. You might be successful, but you lack joy. I will transform the battered into a company of the elite. That's the house of God. It takes the broken and causes it to be blessed. I will transform the battered into a company of the elite. Maybe you're feeling battered. Stand to your feet and start declaring, I will become more. I will become strong. Joel 3.10, let the weak say, I am strong. Let the weak say, I am strong. Start saying it. Then go to work on it. Start saying it. And then go to work on it. Start saying it and putting yourself in the right environment. Start saying it and put yourself in the right environment. Your words need an environment. Your life 
needs an environment. The house of God is the environment of the revealing of the names of God, the light of God, the nature of God. It's the place of the revealing of God's presence. Over and over, God says, I will be with you. Says to Jacob, I will be with you. He has yet to change his name to Israel. He's been a deceptive, lying, man-stealing money. And God says, I'll be with you. You're like, you got the wrong guy. I just stole a birthright from my brother. I will be with you. I took his inheritance. I'll be with you. I'm running for my life. I'll be with you. My head's on a rock. I'll be with you. Got no wife, got no kids. I'll be with you. The New Testament, I'll be in you. I'll be with you. I'll be on you. In you. On you. With you. That's the New Testament. In you. In you, salvation. On you, the baptism of the Spirit. With you. Are you hearing me? Someone say in me. Someone say on me. Someone say with me. Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 16, verse 17. And Jesus answered them. He says, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I don't know who was the author of this quote, but it's so true. Though the church has many critics, it has no rivals. Though the church has many critics, many people speak against it. It has no rivals for what it has accomplished throughout the Western world and the entire world. There is no agency in the world that has been generous that money has flown through like the church. There is none. We hold the message of eternal life. We hold the light of the world. When a, when a, when a culture has got confusion, let the church be the light. That's why I won't back away from some of the sensitive issues of our day because we are the light. And if we don't say it, who will? If we don't declare it, who will? We're the church. We shine. We are the reflection of Jesus. We are the body of Christ. In a world of lies, let the church be the truth. In a world of lust, let the church be love. In a world of confusion, let the church be wisdom. In a world of factions, let the church be united. In a world full of family drama, let the church be a place of strength. Was Christ loving? Was Christ gracious and kind? Then let the church be loving and gracious and kind. Will we always live up to it? No. Will they be hypocrites? Yeah. I'm sure you've been a hypocrite before. I'm sure I have before. Why? We have a sin nature. But we are the hope. Charles Spurgeon said, he said the church is the hope of the world. Why? Because of lights? Buildings? No. We carry Him. We carry Him. 
carry the one who is worthy. We carry the one. You know, sometimes in my own heart, I have wanted the church to grow, but sometimes not wanted the church to grow because I know sometimes with more more people, more problems. (laughs) More people, more problems. But on the inside, I say to myself, but we're the church. We have to grow. We are on assignment from heaven. We're not here playing games. We're not here just to kicks and giggles. Oh, aren't we in a nice little country club? Look, you can get a polo here and a little name. No, we're the carrier of the, of the presence of God. When a man walks in and he has no hope, we're the church. When a woman walks in and she has no hope, we're the church. When people walk in and they're super successful, but they have no purpose, we're the church. When someone walks in broken and busted, and life has beat them up, we're the church. We're the church not to stay in four walls. We're the church that shines light. We invite people to Christ. And if they accept it, we love them. And if they don't accept it, we love them. We love the atheists. We love the skeptic. We love the science crowd. We love the Buddhas. We love the Hindu crowd. We love everyone as best we can. But how many know that's a process? But we are the church. Upon this rock, Jesus said, I will build my church, my ecclesia, my called out ones, my sons and daughters of the Most High God. That's what Jesus is building. And can I ask you a question? How committed are you to building what He's building? You can go to church and not be committed to Christ, but you cannot be committed to Christ and not be committed to His church. It is an oxymoron. Close your eyes. All across this place. I want to tell someone in the depth of this soul today, the God who made you, the God who loves you, the God who sent Jesus for you, He invites you to believe upon His Son, the miracle worker the healer, the forgiver, the one that when he was at his worst on the cross, he was still at his best. The one who prophesied his own death, prophesied his own resurrection, prophesied his church going around the world. That one is still alive and and at work today. You literally might be like, sure I believe in God the disciples had doubts the apostles had doubts but if you feel him touching your heart right now he is at work in you there'll be people in this place and God is drawing you for the first time to not put your faith in your grandma or or your mother's religion or your father's religion but put your faith in the person of Christ himself to not put your faith in that you're a good person or a moral person or you're nicer than someone else. No, 
all of our righteousness compared to God are filthy rags. Christ is the bridge to walk over. Christ is the shepherd to follow. Christ is the way to heaven. He is the ladder. He is the gate. It's all across this place. Well, eyes are closed. Maybe you're in this place and you have not yet said yes to Him. Let me talk to you if you're online today. If you have not said yes to Him, He wants to come into your life, forgive your sin, cleanse you, wash you. He wants to be a father to you. Church Alive is a family. We're going to pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I believe you rose from the dead. I believe you have a plan for my life. Not someday, but today, I turn to you and trust in you. Help me walk with you. Help me know you. Help me be a blessing wherever I go. Thank you, Jesus. All across this place, with eyes closed. Did you pray that today for the first time? Did you mean it from the bottom of your heart? Are you saying yes to Him? If that's you today, quickly raise your hand all across this place. Raise it up, raise it up high. Raise it up high. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Maybe you're online today and you need to just take a moment to do something. Stand to your feet, place your hand up online. Maybe you listen to a podcast today. You just need to surrender to God right now. Just one more time, every single hand, just raise it up high. Just long enough, high enough for me to see it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Awesome. All across this place, from the front to the back. It's awesome today. You can put your hand down. Father, I thank you for every life, every home, every heart that's going to be impacted by these moments. In the name of Jesus, bless them, strengthen them. Lord, help them walk with you, I pray, in your mighty name. I do just want to take a quick moment right now. Eyes still closed. Maybe you're a Christian. Are you committed to what He's committed to? Ask Him this week. Ask Him today. Holy Spirit, how do I grow in my commitment to you? How do I grow in my commitment to his house, to reaching people, to teaching people, to empowering people, to making disciples? Make that your prayer this week. Show me where I need to grow in my own commitment to you and to your house and to your mission. Father, I thank you for every life in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Can we stand to our feet, Church Alive? Can we give those people a hand?